apart from an object, the essential essence of a larger thing, the human in the being, the behind what you're seeing, the creature, creator, created in the dark, lurking, seemingly smirking till you squint real hard and realize you are them, wheels that make you till you break them, reshape them, the power lives in your hands, your actions are your methods for dealing with what you feel, process and sort what's really real, yeah you, truth seeker of wealth who started humbly in the study of you, Outcome outdone each time from the last Think think, think slow, see fast, outlast This is not the book but the abstract And this should fix everything Welcome back to another episode of The Abstract This is Mom, checking in live from the back of your mind With me we got Lalo Penny sitting next to me How you doing, Lalo? I'm pretty cool here think about plenty after we have walked away from yet another infuriating presidential debate conversation on the tv yep and that's why we don't have to talk about it and today's episode (laughs) is going to be focusing on effective communication primarily we're going to be looking at the words you use and suggesting heavily that you use them and with some guidance as to how you can use them better than maybe you have been. That definitely better than the president and the potentials on the TV. You'll let that go eventually. It's okay. I'm just trying to give context. They did a really shitty job, unsurprisingly. But like we talked about <laughs> with uh, the, we talked about in the um, live that we just did. Uh, how most of the TV dramas occur as dramas because people don't communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. It really is a source of a lot of problems that occur on the things that we see on the TV screens. Yep. Let alone in our lives. So would you like to break down what communication is, Mom? For the good folks. Well, first I want to cover, kind of touch on this section. So we're going to initially talk about like the relevance of this and why we wanted to really bring up this whole concept of effective communication primarily. And then we'll talk about how your upbringing as a person likely influences how you love and how you trust and also how you speak and feel about yourself as well. How you communicate. And then components that come into play when you are talking. So what's happening in your mind, primarily your emotional intelligence and your emotion regulation. And then we might give y'all some tips. Maybe. Maybe. See how we're feeling at the end, if you guys deserve it or not. Did you see that? Setting expectations for what's about to be communicated? Or hear that, rather? Y'all can't see shit because it's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, I wanted to start off with a quote that we also shared in the manual and was inspo for the cover, which was made by O'Penny. Thank you. You're welcome. But the quote is by Laurie S. Katz, who is a psychologist. PhD. She stated that communication is like throwing a ball. One person tosses the ball with the intention that the recipient will catch it. This requires a good enough toss and a completed catch. It helps if both the tosser and catcher are paying attention and motivated to complete the catch. Both. 
if the ball is not tossed well, it may or may not make it to the recipient. Or if the recipient is not ready to catch the ball, the ball could be dropped. So talking and listening, it's all a part of the same thing. If you're not doing either well, then you can't really communicate that well. Now and, can you? And you're not present. No, you can't. Nope. Nope. It's an equation. So what are your thoughts on the importance of effective communication and the power of your words? Well, I feel like a lot of issues would be resolved much more quickly if people practiced communication. Um, I would say like healthy or effective communication, but some people seem to be adverse to communication altogether. Uh, so I feel like a lot of issues, yeah, we could work it out, you know, as long if we're laying it out, all the details on the table as, in terms of like what I'm feeling, what you're feeling, let's talk about it, let's figure it out, as opposed to just keeping it inside or assuming the other person knows already or mm -hmm. that they, that it's not okay to say whatever you feel like you need to say, um, just air it out, you know? Because nobody's a mind reader out here. And it's pretty rare for someone to make assumptions most of the time and all the assumptions be right. So mm -hmm. why not help other people know what you're talking about by talking to them instead of playing this riddle game of silence or, you know, a word. And then the other person's left to their own brain coming up with answers based off their own perceptions of things and... Hey, maybe that doesn't include your own perception. No wonder it's not interpreted well. Yeah. It's kind of like with babies and parents. or People tend to tell little kids when they're growing up to use your words because they just grunt and do make noises and cry and stuff. And it's like when your baby, your parent has that certain connection or it's assumed that they kind of develop a connection so they know, they just know what you want. But after a certain point, your needs become more... Uh, I guess expansive or more nuanced than just like hungry, tired, took a piss. Like <laughs> you have to explain a little bit in more in depth of what your needs are at a certain point in life. So that requires, you know, a little give and take, a little communication, a little bit of at least putting in effort to try and make the other person know what, what you're going through, what's on your mind. And two, thinking about how simple a child's life is, if all you did was eat and sleep, you don't really have much to try to explain. You just, yeah. you have to <laughs> try to get your needs met. But then when you get older, it's no longer just having your needs met. You have to also explain to people what these needs are because it's not the same for each person. Some people want to be heard. Some people want to be able to talk. Some people want more things in their life. Other people would probably want to trim some of that stuff out. But then if no one's telling the other person, it could be taken as, oh, so-and-so is just being cheap. They're just trying to save money. When in reality, they probably don't want to keep collecting material things and bring them into their life. And that's just a subtle assumption as to what could be going on. For yeah. someone, imagine being in an argument then it's totally different because you're not even thinking logically like either person when you're actually in a heated argument then it's more so the emotions
coming up. So imagine trying to explain or imagine trying to make the assumption of what someone else needs while y'all are both mad at the situation and partially each other. How the fuck? It's like when you're <laughs> when somebody ghosts someone, you get ghosted. It's like so at, along the along the way, one person decided I don't need to interact with this person anymore, and I'm not gonna tell them why at all. I'm just gonna stop, stop, <laughs> cut it off. Now that person probably thinks that you're a dick, or that you That's they're making they all make kinds of assumptions. Decision that they chose to stop talking. Their phone could have died. Someone could be hurt. They could be helping other people out all day. Right. <laughs> I mean, you don't know, but exactly. it's like if you... But don't take it personal if they're... Well, to context. If you communicate, though. Context yeah. It depends well. on the context. But with no communication afterwards, nobody knows at all what happened. So it's exactly. all up to just assumptions, which I think we learned in like middle school, maybe. Don't make assumptions because it makes an ass of you and me. <laughs> maybe kindergarten i don't know when they teach you the y'all ass, talking but... about ass in <laughs> kindergarten this is definitely a bay it's area a type while. of elementary school <laughs> shit <laughs> i was so old i forgot when i learned that shit back in my younger days when, when I, I was a quick whippersnapper <laughs> we used to say that ass 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 sure <laughs> um <laughs> Back to the matter at hand. But yeah, the <laughs> communication style, it's really, it comes down to trying primarily. That's like the initial step. If you're trying to communicate and you care about the other person and they care about you, usually they, they get it. They understand that you're trying. Mm -hmm. And so they'll meet you where you are or halfway or meet you, you know, somewhere along the line and not take what you may have meant or what it seems like and run with it that's usually when there isn't much of a relationship or a bond between the people because then there's a lack of interest there's a lack of curiosity as to even what the hell is going on yeah so i stopped trying exactly but also if you did i mean if you are in the habit of trying when you interact with people and communicate then that probably increases the chance of of you having had a conversation with them prior to whatever conversation is happening now about like oh I have certain issues communicating um, when we talk about X Y or Z because it makes me think of this and so that's kind of hard for me so if I stumble along the road when we talk about that that's why and so you have that Simple. in your kind of Rolodex of oh yeah this is this they said this would happen <laughs> here this we are this is clearly hard for them to talk about yeah, yeah so I kind of I can understand that. Let me try X, Y, Z, something, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of helps the conversation keep going instead of ignoring well. <laughs> what, what they're talking about and just basking in the awkwardness of that conversation, then that's kind of not fair <laughs> for the other person or yourself. Yeah. Because really when you're communicating, there's that element of wanting to connect somehow. So you want a point or a message to be understood by the other person and that brings the sender or the person who said it that little splash of you know that feels good someone understands something i'm trying to say or something i meant or something that i understand and it brings you just a little bit closer together 
Yeah, one of the greatest human desires is to be understood. And loved. Yep. Hand in hand, those two. We all have people in our lives that definitely are prototype examples of how to not communicate <laughs> effectively. Mm-hmm. But then the harder question comes up of who in your life communicates effectively that you yourself would want almost use as a role model in that arena at least come and take some notes whenever they say something good and you're like "Ooh, yep i'll (laughs) use that like i know especially when like several of my friends are parents now moms specifically and not this mom but moms not this mom but moms like Ah. parents they be having kids, right? And then sometimes I'll, you know, how kids be, they'll just be like, mom, 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 I want blah, blah, blah. So I'll hear them while we're on the phone or whatever. And they'll, like, just the way that they address their child sometimes is very healthy. It's like, okay, um, I'm on the phone right now, as you can see, but what do you need? Like, right after, I can help address this for you. Like, they just talk to them in a way where it's like, okay, I'm going to take notes. That's exactly how I'd want to say that if this ever happened to me in the future. Instead like, of, shut the fuck up! Right? <laughs> that was very healthy. <laughs> Kudos. I see you. And now that kid is going to probably have an easier time expressing themselves when they get interrupted by other people. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you see what's happening right now. I see what's happening. This is what's gonna how we can move forward. What do you want to do? Yeah, it's no longer a foreign concept. As to how do we talk about what's going on? Yeah, it's been modeled. Oh, that makes me think about those taboo conversations that parents don't want to be having with their kids. For example, how can it be that painful to talk to your kids or a child about sex? Yeah. When you can literally tell them. Sex is how you got here. Yep. And keep it simple. You don't have to be like, oh, you need to be aroused. And then you put the, like, you don't have to get super detailed, but keeping (laughs) it so hush hush and no, or making it feel awkward whenever it's brought up, it doesn't do any justice to the kid because they have to then keep in mind those emotions that come with talking about it because you're showing them how to behave when people bring it up or talk about it and then they go and try and talk about it with someone else and there's fluttering feelings of anxiety there's some shame there could be some guilt that's all so unnecessary and it was brought on to them because one person or two people themselves were insecure about the conversation and not even just the conversation but leading that conversation when knowing damn well It's not like they only had sex once. (laughs) Probably a few times before this one came around. Right, and probably enjoy it. Like, that that feels weird. That would be like if you played, let's say, basketball. You play basketball, you and your love or your partner or whatever, and then you all have a baby. And then the baby comes around and they get old enough. No, 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 no. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> That'd be awkward. Like, where are you going with this analogy, mom? <laughs> going hard in the paint. No. <laughs> but then the kid Ooh. gets older, and they're like, hey, what? what's up with basketball? What? What is that? I keep hearing about it, but <laughs> no. no one's ever showed me it or anything. And both people are like, uh, uh, we'll talk about it another time. 
Now we don't have to talk like, about that right now. I'm trying to do basketball. Exactly. Like, What's a ball? It's all mysterious and stuff. <laughs> but think about it. If your parents were like, yeah, we had sex and that's how we got you. They'd be like, I mean, just hearing that, they'd be like, hmm. I mean, personally, I don't want to think about you two having sex. Right. But um, I, understand. I guess that puts it in my mind now that that's like functionally how things work. And it's not just like a vague threat of like if you have sex you'll have a baby like that's it's a lot more even though it's very similar it's more obscure Mm -hmm. and it's still coming from the energy of like a threat it's like but if you say no this is what results in children that is much more let alone you (laughs) that's much more like context around it and just very matter of fact it's not all pleasure based because you're not presenting it to them as being solely pleasure-based you're literally educating them about a natural process Mm -hmm. that once again i still can't stress without sex the child would not be there they are literally (laughs) the final product (laughs) how can you keep that away from them in terms of just talking about things because there's so many things that you could talk about that might actually be very uncomfortable like rape or murder or evil politicians or dumb politicians or how about evil, coronavirus dumb politicians oh one and the same one evil and the same, and dumb. <laughs> same but there's so many time. things that are actually can be slightly not traumatizing but painful to actually ingest as you learn mm. about those things like global warming that's not a pleasant truth to sit with but after a while, you get over it, I guess, because you develop the other bits that come with that information based off of other conversations of, like, solutions, what we did wrong, you get insight. You see it as a part of the whole picture. Exactly. Because you've been informed and communicated to about all these things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even... Um, even my mom, she was kind of uncomfortable about saying, talking about global warming in, to the extent that we are literally under threat of not having, like, a planet in the same way anymore pretty soon. Because she was just talking about um, how they're the going to bankrupt us. Yeah, and it's, like, all sad about the economy. And we're like, fuck the economy, bro. Like, we need a planet. <laughs> <laughs> we... None of that's gonna matter, you know. Right, if we're gonna we pay bills if uh, we all did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's a real question. But then it felt odd because of there being like this hesitation to easily just say, I feel uncomfortable by yeah. this conversation. Then we'd be like, oh, I get that. Yeah, I understand. It's very uncomfortable. Instead, it was other gestures and fragmented thoughts, and it's like, this feels like not that effective communication <laughs> yeah and not some not like something we're trying to talk about so i guess we'll move on and not talk about it and that's how tv dramas were made no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but you want to know one of the benefits in a relationship that effective communication can bring yes light on us well outside of not having arguments Hmm? It can increase your sexual satisfaction. <gasps> Who'd have thought? Oh wait, shit! Because you Someone gotta talk talks. about shit exactly. while you have it. You gotta tell them what you like. Oh wait, they don't just know what to do with your body. Cause oh my god, 
they magically just know what to do with your body. <laughs> Bruh, that really makes me think of how, okay, we've had this conversation a lot, like a few times, but I don't know about on, on the show yet, of how one of my, I guess, fantasies in young adulthood was not sexual, but I mean, I mean, yeah, sexual, but, but all right. One of my fantasies was just that I would find somebody and they would just understand automatically what I was thinking and what I was saying. And like, they would know all the slang I was saying. Cause you know, I'd, when I left the Bay, like I found that not everybody knows what the fuck we be saying sometimes. Cause we use different words, but anyway, so I was just like, yeah, whoever they're just going to already know. And they're going to know all the slangs. I'm not going to have to explain anything. And then it was kind of like reality check. <laughs> That's actually not even, um, I mean, sure, you might find somebody who knows all the same slang words as you, but they're still not ever going to know exactly what you're saying or feeling or thinking at any given time because they're a whole nother person. Right. It was just like, reality check, you're going to have to try (laughs) and explain yourself Mm -hmm. um, because you might as well just date yourself if you're not trying to talk to nobody or communicate about anything. And even then, we're all still learning about ourselves every day, almost up until when we die. So then, if you expect for you to know all the ways that you would like something when you've only tried one thing, that's not fair, (laughs) once again, to yourself. Yeah. And that deserves a conversation with yourself of like, well, why would I like these other things that I haven't tried yet? Or why did I like this thing that I did try? Or why didn't I like this thing that I tried? Just simple questions. And what can start off as a simple conversation can lead into a very, very informative and meaningful tad bit of information that you end up receiving. Because it's not too often where we have these conversations with ourselves out loud, let alone in our minds. It might be that the assumptions come up and the old ways of thinking and thinking traps, as I would call them, come up and you don't have a complete conversation. You don't have those complete thoughts. It's bits and pieces because it's your brain. You can have a lot of things going on at once in there. Mm -hmm. And so you can only expect to be able to keep that train of thought for so long and hold on to it for so long be able to express it be able to expand and explore and continue asking yourself those questions and each other those questions because like we said it's all about trying Mm -hmm. and it's also about receiving as well as sending the message it's not as your younger self wanted where it's just all the person receives and they know yeah and they'll just just get me (laughs) it's like "Mm." That sounds like a robot with with Google Translate in its brain. It's like, you are speaking Bay English. (laughs) Translating. (laughs) Translating. (laughs) Translating. (laughs) I'm just imagining a robot speaking Bay slang now. That would be hilarious. I'm here for it. Yeah. Where's Alexa or Siri when you need them? (laughs) That reminds me of when I went to New York for the first time. Not the first time. One of the first times and. I was surprised that the train had a a British accent or something. Like, there's still a white lady with, like, a, this is a something stop. And then <laughs> my friend who I was with was like, what do you expect? That they're just going to be like, oh, motherfucker, this is your stop. <laughs> just Get like, off I here. mean, maybe. 
get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, your mom flips hey, off the block. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's real. It's not like that, though. <laughs> New Yorkers gotta meet them halfway, the train, you know? They gotta listen and interpret the British accent and be like, um, okay, I know what you mean. I'm gonna get off here. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say it in my in my slang, but I get it. Uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, I'm smelling it. <laughs> All right, now nice what little tidbit. Cooking. That was the end of that. Yeah, smelling, smelling what, what you're I'm, cooking, not the what train. Because gross. Unless it's a good smelling train, like uh, in Japan. Oof, everything's so, so clean in Japan. Another tidbit, Drew, that <laughs> might as well drop here because we are going to share tips with you guys. Of course we are. We can't just not help y'all, but. One way to consider bringing in more effective communication into your relationships is sitting with the concept of active, constructive communication. And this is something I personally got familiar with back in undergrad because it's a very helpful way to provide conflict resolution or do problem solving with not just yourself. Because it's really easy to get into an argument or have an issue come up. And then no one, people are talking, but no one's listening at all. People are just talking because everyone wants their needs to be met, which includes being heard. So in this speaking style, something that you try to sit with is you consider what you want to say, but you also consider how you want to say it. And you also consider lastly, how it's interpreted. In this way, you are at least being more mindful of how you could be coming across in that situation rather than what the other person's trying to make you do or what they're taking away from you and whatnot. There are more elements that start coming into play when you take these, at least intentions, into the conversation because then at least you're not being as emotional or erratic or incomplete you tend to come off just a little bit calmer you might speak a little bit slower it's hard to put the exact name for the emotion that comes up for me at least when I've done it but a lot of research talks about how compassion and a lot of acceptance comes into play for the speaker when they're expressing their message to the other person in these instances and it's received the person listening is gonna feel those emotions as they would have felt the emotions of anger or frustration when you're expressing it the other way when what have you so just something to think about active constructive communication acc google it look it up any psychological encyclopedia whatever the fucks it'll probably come up somewhere in there it's kind of, well you can correct me if i'm wrong but it, that kind of sounds like it's like when comedians read a room really well and you, if you notice if you watch a lot of co- stand-up comedy you can you can see when they're they're like testing out the waters on certain subjects because you know comedian comedy is not just about telling jokes like a lot of comedy is bringing up um, uncomfortable topics that we don't or that you might not expect to 
see or take as lighthearted but then in under certain contexts however they say their joke it's like oh yeah i never thought about it that way mm -hmm. um comics or comedians are really able to read the room a good one they can read the room and be like okay this audience can take this this joke all right you got that one all right let's take it up a notch then let's do this one you know and even when the audience doesn't take the joke well they call that shit out and yeah. it makes it so much funnier because they'll they'll like reference an area and the audience like look look at them look at them look at how they're reacting yeah and you know speak more on why they even did that and it's really cool to see how engaged and mindful mm -hmm. they are of what's going on around them but also themselves right. in that situation it's almost like they can see themselves through all of the eyes of the people watching them mm-hmm for as long as they have that mic on and it's really it's really impressive but it's also really inspiring personally when you at least when i hear a com comic say a joke that might come off as a little bit more let's say <laughs> touchy <laughs> like, yeah i can't believe you just said that yeah, and yeah. even like when it's like something that's i totally disagree with what the fuck this dude just said but I could see the point he was trying to make. And I'm exactly. going to like give him the benefit of the doubt that he doesn't actually believe this, but he's just trying to make us think about X, Y, or Z, exactly. you know? Because it's like, yeah, they are the only one with the mic in the room. So technically they could just like clobber us over the head with whatever they wanted to tell us. But then the audience would disengage. Like we mm -hmm. wouldn't be here for it anymore because we could tell that they weren't keeping us in mind. Like we weren't actually a part of the whole thing anymore if they stopped reading the room they stopped being aware of that it's a give and take it's between the perform uh, between the comedian and the audience yeah if not then it's just a monologue of yeah. a one person play and that's Even not plays. what people <laughs> generally sign up for if you go into a comedic <laughs> yeah. performance though <laughs> yeah but yeah reading the room and i don't know maybe y'all can study some you comedians and audience. see how they kind of pick apart the people that are around them not in a bad way but in a way that yeah not when they roast like, them but <laughs> i mean when they're roasting them they're going they're going in they're being extra mindful <laughs> but too, okay that just made you think of like you know the con they know the context of like you're at a comedy show so it would be appropriate to try and roast somebody in this way right if you're in the middle of a fight it might not be appropriate or effective to your goals to roast someone while you're trying to like ask them to be better about taking the trash out or something like that's not probably the best formula yeah i feel like the only time you could roast someone when you're in a fight is when it's a physical fight and or you like got a, a banger in your something. pocket and you know that when you drop this phrase or what have you they'll be shocked for a second that you actually said that because then they're listening to what you're saying they're not trying to brace for blows but anyhow the next section <laughs> anyways we not fighting today <laughs> we not fighting today we've seen enough of that on tv the next session is about attachment styles and this was probably one of the more profound sections of psychology for me as a student because i always thought that people or psychologists would come up with these conceptualizations or at least these theories rather about how someone is based off of how they're acting in the moment and then also how they compare to their childhood. And this is usually a 
stereotype that you might see with psychologists on TV where it's like, tell me about your relationship with your mom when you were younger and stuff. But there's actually, there's some weight to it. It's just that it's been distorted clearly for mainstream. And that your attachment style is formed when you're a child. And probably the best way to sum it up is that your attachment style equates to the way you're treated and loved as a child. And this creates a blueprint for you as a human being on how your mind interprets the effective and safe ways for you to act as well as how to love other people, including yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the fun part is I can tell y'all the types of goddamn attachment styles. You ready? You ready for this? I guess pretty <laughs> real. You might have some people come to mind. Don't take a personal anyone if you feel like you fall into this category. There's no shame in belonging in any of these because that's the first step in growth is awareness. You know where you are. First step of alcoholism is admitting you're an alcoholic. That too. (laughs) (laughs) Communicate. (laughs) The first one is securely attached. And these folks have a positive self-view. Their self-talk is very positive and they kind of see the world in a good light. They also have notably high self-esteem. They're willing to ask for help or support when they need it. And they're also comfortable with being alone. And you'd notice that in their relationships, they tend to be very successful relationships, very committed and satisfying and strong, bonded relationships. Now we got the preoccupied anxious. Ooh, anxious. (laughs) I don't know why you sounded so excited to talk about someone being preoccupied and anxious. Because this is how people grow. They learn about (laughs) themselves right here. So this one... (laughs) encapsulates having a negative self-view but holds a positive opinion of others you got a lower self-esteem unfortunately and the fear of abandonment by those that they care about and that then pairs with the sensation that they would want to be saved or found by Mm -hmm. someone else it's common to hear that they found their other half Mm -hmm. that's a thing i've personally have said that a few times but then looking back it's like oh maybe that's not the healthiest way to (laughs) describe a relationship yeah i like the whole like twin flames kind of analogy where you're both um you're both whole but you know it's like mirrored more so than complete Mm -hmm, because you're not puzzle pieces and then these folks also tend to be noticeably clingy jealous envious demanding and possessive in their relationships all right down to the last two dismissive avoidant this one holds self in high regard but they don't trust other people Mm. at all they tend to believe they're independent and emotionally secure but that is not always the case that is simply the face that they put on in public bars they would rather be alone than with others and they also avoid intimate relationships due to the habit of avoiding rejection Mm. Or they simply have genuine disregard to be that close to someone to that degree. So maybe these folks have a lot of one-nighters. They have a lot of temporary friends or superficial friends that they don't really interact with that much. But then it seems like, oh, y'all are cool. Mm -hmm. And they also tend to be very, very unaware of their repressed needs and the needs of their romantic partner, which in itself 
adds to the whole avoiding the intimate relationship part. They're not really paying attention to what the other person needs and they feel like they don't need anyone. So why would they give them any moment of their time? This sounds like this person would be gaslighting people a lot. A lot. I feel like I've experienced that firsthand and... It's not fun. It's not fun. I've mm-hmm. forgiven them, but... Mm-hmm. Amen to you. And last but not least, we got fearful avoidant. Now, this one has a low self-esteem and negative worldview. They might be a lot more pessimistic than you're used to. They're also extremely avoidant of social interactions and unfamiliarity. If they're not used to this routine, they're likely never going to do this routine. If they've never seen something before... Out of sight, out of mind. They don't want to see it anymore either. They're emotionally unpredictable due to having such repressed emotions. And that tends to happen when your emotions get poked out of you. You don't know how you're going to respond. And you don't even have those muscles anymore to know what to, how to respond. Because right. you don't flex them. At all. You got this strong fear of rejection and heartbreak. And this then leads to them being clingy even after rejection so perhaps some of y'all may have known someone in your life who kept asking you over and over and over again if you want to go out with them or if you want to be their friend or just some type of relationship with them that Mm -hmm. felt it felt odd it felt as if there is a not a give and take but more of a take and take some more type of string that that was partially attached to it yeah even what i was gonna say even that they might even see you they see you as something that you're not even like you haven't even given them enough information to be able to see you in this way but they're just like putting that on you because they have these tendencies to want to like cling mm-hmm. it's like ooh, gotcha i'm get you <laughs> it's like ah it's also not uncommon ah. to see them jump a lot from relationship to relationship so this person may have had five relationships in five years or maybe twice as many in less time. So it's it leads to a lot of searching for something due to these needs that are being repressed for so long. And also, in part as well, their self-talk is going to be paired with that worldview. So it's very pessimistic and negative. They also put some of that negative light on themselves. So they might not see themselves as being worthwhile, as being the right choice or someone that people would want to have in their corners even though on the inside a part of them knows that that's not true which is why you get this strange conflict happening where they're clinging and asking for all this help and searching and yearning when really they want that love and acceptance from themselves does that make sense yeah it's just a lot to process (laughs) (laughs) Good. <laughs> Very good. Mm. Now, how this would tie into communicating, your securely attached folks would be very open, very honest, primarily sticking to a route of transparency in their relationships when it comes to needs and emotions. Your preoccupied, anxious, it might not come off as them trying to talk to you but rather they probably try to take your time 
because they want the attention and they want to be heard. However, the yeah. words aren't there yet. Even if they don't have nothing to say, they're just like, hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just there. When you get those texts like, hey. <laughs> it's like those people fishing just for someone <laughs> to respond. And then they like respond to the best option who responds. Mm-hmm. And send hey to 30 people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then with the dismissive avoidant, these folks aren't even talking people about what's really going on with them they're probably saying some of the things that other people want to hear but a lot is being kept under the rug Mm -hmm. and in the dark and this is where you would see a lot of assumptions and presumptions and they might even blame you for stuff and it's Mm -hmm. like what i didn't even fucking what (laughs) (laughs) i just showed up (laughs) yeah (laughs) fuck you me and then that kind of makes you think like they um, it can make you think anything like they care, but then they don't. But then they don't because they only <laughs> care about themselves and they but want they you to like be they care, looped but they, in. They want you to care about them, but they don't want to have to care about you. Exactly. And that, my friends, is called manipulation. Mm-hmm. And then, as we said, fearful avoidant, these folks might not even really be able to talk that much, at least in that moment, as they're basking in this fearful avoidantness. Mm. and they may need just a lot more support and patience and it's not to say that if you are not securely attached your relationships are doomed and your communication style is doomed but rather this provides you with reference and examples on what could be going on for some people or yourself and where you can start to try to improve on because your self-esteem, your worldview and how other people have treated you goes back to, as we said, when you were a child. So it's not entirely just on you as to how you got to be the way you are, but you saw other people living and loving in these ways and you thought this is how it's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. But now you have to unlearn those bits that hold you back, those bits that don't let you communicate effectively to the people that you care about because you want to. That is the goal. That's how you get your needs met. That's how you get a little bit more sexually satisfied. That's how you lift your self-esteem. All these benefits that come into your life when something as simple as letting someone know how you feel or what you wanted. Easy peasy. It's not always easy peasy, but conceptually easy Easy peasy. peasy. (laughs) (laughs) Active, constructive communication when things get heated and you feel like you're in a debate or an argument. But outside of that, just keep trying. Yeah, because like mom said, it's not like it's not like if you're not. What was the first one called? Securely attached. Securely attached. Like, yeah, it's not like you have your there's no hope for you. But if you can or whoever you're talking to or whatever but if you can identify that that's where you're at or the other person is at then at least you can go from there and have an awareness about it of like okay this is what's happening is this what you wanted to say like Mm -hmm. is this really what what's yeah is that how you wanted to interact just now or do you want to try again right yeah (laughs) is there another way you could say that that's not as sad or hurtful yeah Yeah. just helping them you're meeting them where they are now you're really helping them and supporting them 
and they're going to notice this. Mm-hmm. They're going to feel, oh, wow, this person's giving me the time and day to be able to expand on what I'm talking about or how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, so and that in itself would let them feel inspired to keep doing that versus the opposite when there's a lot of assumptions being made and there's a lot of flack or kind of like chopping down whatever the person says. Of course, they're not going to want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because that makes a lasting impact. Like if if with your parents, they don't ever listen to you, like they don't let you finish a sentence, it's going to make you not want to like have some bass in your voice when you say stuff because you're just waiting for someone to cut you off Mm -hmm. so if that happened imagine if your partner did that to you all the time imagine if you did that to your partner all the time eventually they might want to not talk to you anymore imagine if you did that to yourself all the time the real question why would you want to do anything listen to yourself do you give yourself a chance to think and talk and feel or is it all kind of wrapped up in you have to act one way you're supposed to be doing all these things another way and what have you that's not fair to yourself yeah the first step is communication with yourself Mm -hmm. you gotta try Mm -hmm. all right don't succeed now we're in we're in the thick of the woods here so you could have all the communication skills down you can know all the things to do you could have practiced what you're gonna say and yet for some reason you try to have this conversation with someone and things still went sour what the fuck happened well my friends that's when we got to bring in emotion regulation because without emotion regulation your emotions regulate you I'm going to say that one more time. Without emotion regulation, your emotions regulate you. They choose how you behave. They choose how you think. They choose how you see things. They influence every aspect of your external communication with the world as well as your internal existence. But when you yourself can recognize the emotions that are coming up, take them in to consideration but also in like rein them in and understand what's going on with you and continue to then exist aligned with them rather than letting them guide you it can be just as beneficial as simply telling someone what you need because then you're not contradicting how you feel say someone does something like they stepped on your Jordans and they're like Oh, sorry. And you say, oh, don't worry about it. But on the inside, you're like, son of a fucking bitch. He's just, oh my God. Uh. Instead, you could say that that hurt, <laughs> but it's all good. I, you know, I still care about you. I'm just upset at the situation, not you as a human being and your existence. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to cussing them out on the inside, never calling, never calling them again. <laughs> invite them over to your house anymore you like. slash the tires on their car you burn down their dog house you know you know you know let it out <laughs> well, they only do this he- on the east coast in what? a healthy way <laughs> seriously though when you when you have emotion regulation it puts you in control when you don't your emotions are in control and that makes it a lot harder to have an effective conversation with someone if you're both getting into a really heated 
situation or rather there might be pressure on the circumstance maybe there's a time limit on something you need to order something or you need to get somewhere there's so many different variables that can come into play and influence how you feel in any given moment so would you rather let all these things on the outside world control how you feel and how you behave and how you think and how you speak to other people or would you rather take it in as oh okay i understand what's going on or i see what's going on here and try to stick to that course of i still want to make sure they understand what i'm trying to say and also don't want to just blatantly disrespect them because i don't want them to disrespect me and that's also not part of the intent it's like we're not saying to not have a like to not have emotions or to not express your emotions at all like it's definitely more so to i guess consider your goals when you're communicating about your emotions because even though you might be livid like you might be really hurt um but and we're not saying like don't express that like definitely express yourself but it's also mm-hmm. to consider if you are in that situation, like, is your goal to have the other person understand you? Is your goal to, like, come to a better mutual understanding so you guys can set some better action plans for the next time so this doesn't happen again? Um, do you need your space, actually, because you feel like your boundaries have been crossed, but you still need to, like, communicate with them about this like hey that actually what just happened really upset me and I need some time to think about it or something like you've said this to me a few times too of like of how that's an effective way to mm-hmm. when you are feeling very strongly like at least express it um, instead of just pretending like everything is fine because then they won't know and you're not really being true to yourself or your emotions and that by makes doing it that. Sting a whole lot more. It yeah. feels deeper than it, it, than it was, and then right. it's gonna just like linger. Next time something kind of similar happens, you're like, "Fuck! This is what happened last time." And they're like, "What? What do you mean? Because you didn't say something last time, so they don't know." Mm-hmm. And there's prime examples all over the world of people who do not have yet the mental fortitude to regulate their emotions children the president (laughs) trump can regulate (laughs) he just a foul person he just can't regulate his mouth we're gonna let this go eventually but children (laughs) aren't developed yet to that point where they can completely self-soothe that's why kids run to their parents all the time they might have their blanket that they hold and bring everywhere or that teddy bear that they bring to every outing event that they go to and what have you that helps them regulate their emotion these external sources and grown up people or grown adults that <laughs> grown people <laughs> grown adults who also lack that emotion regulation it's quite noticeable they tend to have a lot of mood swings they tend to have excuse me they tend to have a lot more erratic behavior and it seems as if their emotions are constantly on their sleeve rather than it be 
information for you to use to understand what's going on once again because you're not ignoring them when you become aware that you're angry and you don't act on your angry impulses but rather you realize oh something just happened that I didn't want to happen and that's why I must be feeling angry you can then ask questions as to what why what's going on ask the other person to just help you out as to how you're feeling let them know hey i took this as this and this is making me feel angry is this what you wanted or were hoping for or what you meant and there are a lot of other possible good things that can come from that simple revelation then as openy said of just saying oh no it's fine and then sitting on it for however long and that's definitely going to rear its head up again in that relationship because every time you go back to interact or talk to that person those emotions are still there they're not gone you never let go of them and it likely will still happen again because if life keeps asking the same questions you're not learning the lesson and so yeah sometimes the lesson is just like use your words <laughs> talk about it please <laughs> please emotions help you mold the world that you see so then you can understand that emotions help you interpret what's going on if we didn't have emotions it'd probably be a lot harder to <laughs> to understand what's going on for us mentally because we're not all plants because we'd be psychopaths yeah. <laughs> if we didn't have emotions, bro, Talk we'd just be out purge. here doing whatever we want. <laughs> if we didn't care, if nobody cared, we would have everybody would just do whatever they wanted. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so stressful. Whew. Yeah, it would. Think about it. Is that what you want? Is that the world you want to create? Is that what you all want? <laughs> do you want to experience? <laughs> pure stress and chaos no <laughs> it's like yeah you could be like rage but then it's like okay let it go is that achieving your goals <laughs> right is that getting across the the message you want other people to understand mm -hmm. from what you mean yeah but of course we gotta tell you how do you improve your emotion regulation skills well if you read our EQ or emotional intelligence manual that whole thing is literally a key to, to do that in itself read 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 but outside of that new information for y'all because of course not everyone reads but it's okay we're patient <laughs> everybody here's, learns differently true 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 here's at least a few other areas that come into play when emotion regulation is in effect so you got your self-awareness you got your mindfulness, which runs parallel with your self-awareness, but more externally. Cognitive repraisal, which is changing how you think about things. Adaptability, compassion, how well you self-soothe. And then also what your emotional support looks like internally and externally. Now, take a moment. Maybe you can think of someone who lacks a lot of these things. They don't have a lot of self-awareness. They're not that mindful. They never really change how they think about anything. They don't like to adapt to stuff. They're not compassionate towards other people. 
and they don't have that much emotional support. Pretty sure that person is quite erratic with their behaviors and also the emotions that come up. And two, they likely fit outside of the securely attached uh, attachment style. So then that can give more clues as to, okay, what else could be going on? Are you sitting on emotions that you want to express? Do you just get tired of people? You don't want to be around them? There's so much. But then as someone who can emotion regulate, you're aware of at least your flaws or your shortcomings, what have you in a conversation or interaction with someone. And you can at least pick up as well on the aspects you need to improve on. But now y'all know the aspects you need to improve on because we just said them and it's no longer a secret. So you're already one step closer to being securely attached. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and all that stuff you just said made me think of like Quentin Tarantino in that like racer movie or pretty much any movie with like a grumpy old man where he's just like, bah! <laughs> Um, ah, this is what I do and this is what I've been doing and like mm-hmm. and then, I'm never gonna it's yeah. like alright well change All gonna right, come well, for you right. old man <laughs> and like some nice person comes into their life and they're like oh maybe I don't have to be mad <laughs> You were right all this time, and then they died. It's all it took was somebody listening to them and being nice. (laughs) Simple things, man. Simple things. They'll change your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's next, Mom? Anything else you wanted to touch on? You can touch on uh, recipes for improvement, as we said in the manual, for Mm -hmm. how to boost those very areas Mm -hmm. that we brought up. No, we're not going to go into detail, detail on all of them, but here are just a few that are pretty important so going back to the first one self-awareness you should try to ask yourself do i feel ashamed sad hopeless or anxious the next time that you feel bad or just down suddenly after interacting with someone and didn't go well maybe you miscommunicated with someone else and that didn't go well or maybe you just woke up and you feel off you ask yourself these questions and then you start to recognize Or at least you start having that conversation inside your head of, no, it's not anxiety. These things may have brought out some anxiety in me when whatever happened, happened. But that's not it. Oh, this doesn't feel like hopelessness because I do feel kind of hopeful for the rest of the day or that I feel better. You just get to this point where you start to at least finally land on that tack that has that emotion or sensation on it that you've been trying to really put a name to it. And as you begin to ask yourself these questions as to how you're feeling after something happens, what are you thinking even when you have a lot of thoughts going on in your mind and your brain is interesting because it will start to almost put like a stamp on that. So it's not as hard to remember that conclusion that you got to the last time you asked yourself that question and so in the future when the emotion comes up what do you know it doesn't take as long to know what the hell's going on with you exactly your brain knows what's going on in there it just needs a little bit of help to put that language in there put those words that you have all up in that beautiful mind of yours onto them so Mm -hmm. it can understand it a little bit better like think about a tr- like a trail 
you you made one trail you like got to that point you're like all right this is the lookout i was trying to get to and the next time if you keep going back there eventually you'll see the trail a little bit more and it'll be easier to get there and have that perspective of like okay this is what i'm experiencing right mm -hmm. now and then once you give name to it if you want to like you get to decide where you want to go from there you can exactly. like you, you can affirm your emotion like okay yeah that makes total sense why i would be sad that like my whole ice cream fell on the floor yesterday and then i couldn't eat it like that was a very sad day a sad thing that happened had to rinse it off under the <laughs> sink and <laughs> to ask which side hit the outside, floor the window all sad looking risk my life to eat the ice cream from the floor no <laughs> but um, bacteria is yeah, dangerous <laughs> in 2020 y'all heard the coronavirus it really is though <laughs> bro so after you identify it then you can make your your choice mm -hmm. yeah oh no what i was saying was that you could you could um you could affirm your feelings or you could say you know actually i'm over it <laughs> i'm gonna be happy now i'm done being sad about that ice cream <laughs> then Whatever you just works move for on your brain. Like, yeah. like seriously taking that time to at least cooperate with it instead of letting it control you entirely mm -hmm. and then also a very integral portion after you recognize what's going on inside for you emotion wise is don't judge what brought out the emotion just put into your awareness as to this is what happened and this led to this and this led to me feeling this way mm -hmm. and accept it for what it is it's something that happened you judging it then you begin to judge yourself and then there are other emotions that get latched on with that judgment that aren't so open-minded and accepting clearly so then how does that benefit you at all in terms of the emotions trying to come up and be named and recognize when when they get seen they get judged and critiqued they might want to hide more they might want to put on a different face per se for you just because you are critiquing and not really allowing them to be as they are yeah, you're like shaming a part of yourself and your brain doesn't like that hence why it's not the healthiest decision to make all right Next up, we got mindfulness, keeping it simple. Sensory relaxation activities. Now that's a very fancy way of saying, do things that lean more towards on the other senses that you might use or not use as much. So maybe you've been sitting down and looking at something for a long time. Okay, maybe it's time to close your eyes and listen to music. Oh, you've been walking around all day, haven't had a chance to stop and think, all right sit down and meditate oh you've been just huffing and puffing and having a lot of stressful moments in the day it's time to do some deep breathing maybe take some time to stretch go on a walk jump in the pool oh, yeah. take a bath wash your hands wash your face there are all these small things that at least take a moment for you to be very present with your physical body and it's not, once again, judging it. It's not forcing it to be another way. It's simply giving it a moment to relax. Along that frame of thought, uh, or train of thought, rather, mm -hmm. I learned that um, like when you're experiencing anxiety, 
your body, well, I already knew this, but your body is in fight or flight. So if you take a walk, it's your body will think that you're running away from like, you know, living out the whole flight experience. So then it'll be like, oh, okay, we calm now because we <laughs> away from that. <laughs> yeah, we're safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So another little tip about mindfulness. We also do have um, a whole video about m- tips on meditation on YouTube. On YouTube. Check the YouTube. On the YouTubes if you want to circle back and check that out. All right, next. And Next, next, we got cognitive reappraisal, which is once again changing how you think. Now, this requires a lot of compassion and acceptance from you on yourself, primarily. And this also requires a growth mindset, which is believing that you can always change or you can always reach another level in something, whether it's how you see CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, whether that's how you see waiters and waitresses, whether that's how you see your parents. There's literally so many things that can change because you allowed yourself to accept new beliefs and new ideas about those very things. Mm. But that comes from, right. But that comes from a growth mindset. If you have a fixed mindset, Nothing's changing. And I'm sure you all have interacted with an older person who has a very fixed mindset, who doesn't want to do anything new, doesn't want to talk about anything new. No new tricks. Nothing. And that's on them. They likely also say pretty often that they can't change. And that's just how things are. Right. That's just how that's they are. That's a fixed mindset. If you have a growth mindset, those things can change. Mm-hmm. It's all up to you. <laughs> Might be like, I'll try it out. Right. You don't just hop on an instrument and you're good. You accept that you're going to get better. And then you get better. And then if you stop practicing, you aren't as good, but you can still once again pick it back up and get back there. It's progress. It's not black and white where suddenly you accepted something and now that is all there is. It's understanding the nuance and the spectrums that exist on rather in reality for almost everything yeah you could even try something and be like no that wasn't for me i didn't like it but at least you tried it now you have that awareness of i just don't like that stuff so Mm -hmm. it is what it is so think about this so you could replace a thought with or you could replace the thought of i am a failure or my boss hates me or i don't belong here to I'm trying my best and will continue trying my best or that your boss is upset at this moment I want to try and figure out how to make up for this or make things better between them or rather that I'm valuable here and if anyone needs me they'll let me know totally opposite statements but all in the similar plane in the sense that there's an issue or something that happened and rather than sticking to the thought or thinking traps rather in old ways of thinking that might lead to criticizing and judgment and having a more pessimistic perspective on the situation it's not latching too much 
to any of those things and trying to shift for the better with the hopes of being able to improve the circumstances for the better as well. Because imagine thinking, oh, my boss hates me. I don't belong here and not changing that thought. Every time you go to work, that'd be stressful as hell. If all you, if that's constantly coming up is, I don't belong here. My boss hates me. Then someone else is going to probably start hating you in your mind. Or you might personally start hating yourself while you're there, but not while you're somewhere else. And it's very toxic and very unhealthy. Your thoughts manifest your reality. So this kind of goes back to the, how it's important, how you talk to yourself or how you talk to yourself so so are you using empowering or disempowering words when you mm-hmm. form the thoughts in your mind about what you're experiencing do you want to continue to think the, of the worst possible side of the situation or are you gonna try and flip it for the better yeah what you want it's up to you you can try it out with small things. Choose it doesn't path. have to be that someone says something mean to you and you thought, oh, they hate me and you're trying to shift that immediately. But it could be maybe with the emotions you associate with rainfall. And maybe you think that rain is uh, associated with sadness and it destroys and brings pain. But then you flip that to, well, it nourishes it brings water water is good for this planet that we all live on Mm -hmm. so this is a good thing that's happening even though it might not look that way to me can make a lot of difference think of it as depressing or life bringing (laughs) those are the same thing but it's just however you choose to look at it perspective yeah and interact with it and it changes your whole relationship to life really yeah worldview starts to get a little bit brighter yeah 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 all right all right so we just got a few 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 tips on suggested things that you can incorporate into your life or your kids life if y'all got kids to help them use their words more effectively and also implement those things that we're talking about trying to expand your self-awareness and your mindfulness and compassion and what have you so Delay the response time is the main essence of this, but try to encourage your child or whoever you live with or just someone that you're hoping to help them also improve on using their words. Because we all got inner childs. True. We also children. Mm -hmm. But encourage them to not give an immediate reaction to something. So whenever they get mad or sad, ask them to sit with that feeling for just a little bit and then react after that and this delay allows at least that whole flight or fight response to simmer down it no longer thinks that's impending danger and something has to be done right now because they themselves have contradicted that they haven't done anything so that part of the brain stops being at the forefront and it lets that big old frontal lobe portion of your brain starts to take a little bit more command and aha, that's the area with logic and reasoning. Ah, they start to think a little bit more about all the things that they start feeling instead of just channeling that anger or just that sadness that came up initially. Because let's be real, sometimes it isn't just one emotion that 
we feel there are auxiliary emotions i feel like anger is an auxiliary emotion that's something that is not covering but it gets put forth by another emotion and that could be out of habit that could be however you learned how to respond to things but oftentimes people get very angry when really they're really sad it's almost like a total opposite but that's simply how their brain is working and being able to delay that response time for that person at least allows them to not suppress but sit with that anger and begin to understand no this hurts that's why I'm, I feel mad it's because I'm sad this hurts me I don't like this or maybe they are angry <laughs> but they seem sad at first and they get to that point at least and this over time helps them to once again not let their emotions regulate them but rather they use it as information they regulate their emotions and then they can proceed to get those needs met because now they're even more clear as to what they really need instead of what they immediately thought that they wanted internal dialogue lead in, lead into the a f more complete picture of the situation mm-hmm knowledge is power self-talk <laughs> and Place thinking before knowing to help these people use their words. And this also counts for you yourself. So, well, Penny, I know this might be hard for you because I don't know as a filler. But don't accept the answer I don't know. <laughs> Reinforce the importance and value of thinking over knowing. You don't have to know everything. But we do live in an age and era where you can get information literally in the blink of an eye. And you don't need to have known any of that information that you now are aware of. So you're not really learning it. It's just simply there. It's like a flashcard in your back pocket that you can bust out. You don't know why the things are the way they are behind that information, if that's even credible or not. But thinking, especially thinking out loud, at least allows them to take that time and being mindful as to what might be going on externally and it shows as well for the other people that they're talking to what's going on for that person that's interpreting the situation internally and so you're getting messages being sent to both people simply by someone doing the act of thinking i'm real good at thinking out loud mm -hmm, professional mm -hmm. so instead of them saying i don't know have them say i'm not sure about that but i think that Ba 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 ba. Whatever else comes to your mind, and over time, hopefully, they'll become a little bit more aware or more knowledgeable, really, of these things that they've been able to think about, rather than simply them escaping the fact that they don't know and they don't need to put forth that effort and try to think. And if you don't know, now you know. We're dancing over here. You can't see it, but we just Probably both did a little head bop. <laughs> but yeah, y'all. Use your words. This is part one of this conversation on effective communication. Can't even wait to find out what part two is going to be about. Yeah, you're going to find out after I uh, write it. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's on there already. <laughs> just like, we just haven't talked about Gotta it. <laughs> it's on the it's on the board. It's on the board. We've got like a, a really long list of subjects. 
If you wanted to, you could contribute some ideas to the list. Definitely. If you want. Hop you on can that send us Patreon, a Patreon DM. I don't know if that's what they call it, but... DM's a DM. It's a DM, but on Patreon. You can also message us on the Instagrams. Um, but on the abstract one, because, you know, that's the proper channel for that. If you hit us on the personal, <laughs> I won't take it personal. <laughs> I might not take it personal, but I just might not see it. I will. Okay. Well, I won't see there we pennies, go. We just communicate. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, that's us communicating about our needs. <laughs> Contact us the ways we would like and prefer. Mm-hmm. Also, we're making a website, so stay tuned for that. I'm really excited about how it's coming out. It's real cute. It has all the pictures. It has all the, all the yeah. manuals, yeah. all the podcasts. It even has some of our YouTube videos and a blog. Who the blog? It's cute. I hope you guys like it. And too, this is second to last episode for the season. <gasps> season two's almost here. Oh <gasps> my goodness. So what does that mean? Well, we'll tell you when it's time. We, Don't worry we about damn it. Damn near made it through a whole year. I Let's not jinx ourselves here. The podcasts. <laughs> This year has been very eventful, <laughs> very. to say the least. I feel like we're a bit seasoned at this point now. Oh, bit. I feel burnt. But <laughs> you get crispy. it? Burnt out. Ah, crispy. <laughs> we're good. No, but we really appreciate this <laughs> platform squishy. being able to, whoa, being able to <laughs> communicate whoa. with y'all and drop knowledge, but also be interacting with the community. Because we care about y'all. We want y'all to have effective communication, to have emotional intelligence, to have coping and resilience skills that are not subpar, but where you want them to be. Mm -hmm. And helping you get to a place where you're in a growth mindset and you're growing and you feel it and see it. It's not something of question or mysterious or a desire that you're hoping to just set for your next year of 2021. Because let's be real. It's probably going to be the same. Why wait for 2021 when you can try to be better tomorrow? I know. Drop and give me five. No, I'm just kidding. You've got the power. As you can see, Penny's ready for us to get off of here. So <laughs> we're going to nah, wrap this up pretty I, much. Yeah, we can. But I do want to say that's the whole that mom is right. That's the whole reason why we're doing this. We want y'all to have the tools to be the best you you can be because we're trying and we hope that y'all are trying to sharing and caring trying and trying again (laughs) trying shit trying shit trying shit shit, till it work till it work (laughs) (laughs) cat williams better not come for our heads because we ain't paying no money for using that we changed it just enough to make it a sample (laughs) we'll credit you by saying your name again Quoted Thanks, Cat by Williams. Cat Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Source. <laughs> but yeah, y'all. Sharing and caring is the name of the game. Share how you're feeling. Share what you're thinking. And use your words. Have some care about what the other person is feeling and thinking as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, use your words as effectively as you can, but just try. 
And if you didn't try well, try again. Try again. And that's the love you try again. Try again. Mm-hmm. This is Mom. And this is O'Penny. Have a beautiful day, y'all. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.